Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is QC Fantasy. My name is Graham Rogers. Sorry for the hiatus. And today, I am unfortunately only joined by one of my co-hosts. But fortunately for everybody, it is Taylor's story. Taylor, how are we doing today? Oh, uh, we're doing great. Even better that Chris is not here. We can have a nice day. Uh, no, nobody lagging out. No phones. You know, we know we know the audio is going to be crisp today. Yeah, Chris is one of two things. He is either chained up somewhere and unable to get out. And if that yep. is the case, Chris, we apologize. Or Sorry, he Chris. is um, enjoying a drink on a beach somewhere with the sunset uh, while you and I are here recording a podcast about fake football. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so congrats to Chris. and Married man. Nuptials, and that means we're going to hear a lot less from him, and he's going to be a lot less entertaining. But um, you know, we'll we'll see where it leads for the podcast here moving forward. Oh yes, two of the three of us now married. I'm single. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what our listener pool is here of uh, women to men. But either way, I, probably a hundred to zero. I won't judge you either way. So Taylor, let's uh, dive into some NFL news since we've been on a little bit of a break here. Let's do it. All right, so as we talk about every single episode, it seems like we are waiting on a decision for Deshaun Watson. So the disciplinary hearing is over, and we are just waiting for results. I think this is probably right now the biggest news for fantasy, both seasonal best ball and dynasty. I don't know what the ruling may say for his dynasty outlook. Taylor, I'll let you dive into that. For best ball, obviously, like, yeah, I've I've got some Deshaun Watson. There are teams there where I've drafted other quarterbacks just in case, maybe more than I normally would. But if it hits, it hits. Because if he's going to end up playing this year, it wouldn't surprise me if his ADP starts to rise from where it is right now, where we just have all the questions. But as far as dynasty outlook, Taylor, what are you thinking? I know we went over uh, rankings on our last show, but any change or any thoughts from what we've kind of been hearing since our episode a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I mean... He's the biggest ongoing story and probably will be the whole offseason, even after we hear news of suspension or not. Um, he still sits like middle of quarterback, too, just just because of the risk um, for me personally as well. I there's if I'm drafting a team, which is what these rankings are, their draft rankings. Um, I'm not going to draft a player that is going to probably not help me for the first year. Like that's not, you don't want to put yourself in a hole. That's not good. Um, I like to draft lean more towards the winning side. Um, I mean, where we've gotten the rankings, I've got them sandwiched between Trey Lance on the low side and Derek Carr behind him. I'd rather, I'd almost rather have both of them um, this year, but there comes a point where you can't pass on them no matter what, as far as the actual suspension goes for real life football, I'm hearing more and more that, He's going to be suspended for a year. I'm hearing he's going to be suspended indefinitely. Uh, smaller murmurs of commissioner's exempt list. I'm still holding strong that I think he's done at, le at least this year, just because of how bad of a look it gave the NFL. And what we've learned over the past couple of years is they just don't like a bad look. Um, if they gave Calvin Ridley a year, surely they give Desha Deshaun Watson a year. I mean, it's tough to speculate that, but that's, I mean, right? Like, is that not... Gambling on an NFL game when you're not even playing versus all these allegations that he settled that it, right. He's got to get a year. It just makes too much sense. Yeah, I think that probably makes the most sense. And, you know, it's we're sitting here with two wasted seasons for an unbelievably talented player, which, again, yeah, is, is right. in this case, right? Like, this, right. Yeah. Everything that's come out. But at the same time, you know, what if he hadn't just sat out the entire year last year, which was mostly his doing. So it's like you could have already right. had time served. You could have forced the NFL's hand to suspend you last year. Maybe you get time served and you can play this year at some point. But here we are. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting. And then, you know, I guess for everybody out there, then for Dynasty especially, I mean, his value is just going to go up even once the suspension news breaks, because every week we get into next season, exactly. potentially you're closer and closer to him playing. So another thing to kind of factor in, but enough. Yeah, basically it's dropping and dropping slightly, but until that suspension news hits and we know mm -hmm. how long he will be out or not be out, yeah. that's then the point where it slowly starts to equally go back up, Correct. Uh, smaller and smaller throughout as the weeks go by. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. So another news note I feel like we've been mentioning every single show. Finally, Terry McLaurin gets extended for three years here with the Washington Commanders. I think that's kind of what we were all anticipating. There was some speculation out there of that we made, others have made of where he may go, but ultimately he ends up back in Washington. Not sure I'm a huge fan of that anyways, just because of the franchise and Carson Wentz being there, but he signed, we have clarity, and so we at least know what that wide receiver core will look like this year. Yeah, the the trade market was oddly small. Um, it was the same situation as Devontae Adams, right? The player wants to be traded, and then they have to be paid pretty much immediately. That's that's why you trade for a player like that. You trade for him, you know he wants to be paid. You wouldn't trade for him unless you can pay him. And there was a couple teams that wanted him. Colts um, was probably the biggest one that I heard, and obviously nothing got done there. And he goes back to Washington. I still think he sits somewhere in the middle of wide receiver two, um, especially with Wentz. The upside's not massive. Um, still pretty youngish. He's at that peak age almost for a for a wide receiver. So certainly, I don't think he gets worse than what he was. So I don't I don't know if he dips below wide receiver twenty finish on a year. So that's kind of why. And we'll talk about him. Uh, next show, obviously, for our wide receiver rankings, but he's he's the upper part of the um, wide receiver, too, pretty much. So, uh, you know, good for him. He got paid. Love to see that. And we'll see how the, the years play out over the next couple of years. Maybe he still wants to be traded. I don't know. We'll see how the we get to week eight. Terry McLaurin's in a different jersey. Yeah. I said it. I'm scared that Terry might be stuck where Allen Robinson and DJ Moore have been for a while, which is just yep. terrible quarterbacks their whole career, even though they're talented. But we'll we'll see how that plays out. Yep. And then finally, Arch Manning committed to Texas. Taylor, yeah. what are what are we looking at? Devy leagues out there, dynasty to come. What's the future for Arch Manning? I mean, 2026 Arch Manning is is the one on one. Lock it in. I'm tanking for. I'm already stacking picks for 2026 year um, to get him. No, but uh, it's just. I mean, it was all the the talk of high school players and and big college news and obviously future NFL news where he was going to go. So goes to a good program. He's you know it's a good program to develop. He's certainly going to have a shot to uh, to get to the NFL down the down the road. Hopefully, we're uh, we'll be talking about him at that time. We will. We will see. I'm excited to see Arch Manning play against players that don't look like me. Uh, so that'll be interesting once he gets to the to the college level. But yep. we'll, we'll see how the, how the chips fall. But anyways, Taylor, let's uh, dive into the main reason we're here. Let's talk running backs, dynasty rankings. Let's dive in. All right, so Taylor, I'll just let you kind of run through like we did for quarterbacks. Top 12, uh, if you've got any kind of highlights on these guys or reasonings for why you had one person over another, go ahead, dive into that. And I'll kind of give my input there, any discrepancies I see, and then we'll go through kind of the RB2s as well. Yeah, so 101, get out of the way. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, you don't even need to say anything about it. You've got to take him as the first running back. Uh, There's no debate. Um, Where it gets can be a little hairy. I feel like everybody's rankings are different, yet it's the same set of players. Uh, The two, three, four, and five spot on Dynasty rankings is some combination of, and this is my order, I have them in, Najee Harris, Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams, and then DeAndre Swift rounding out the top five. Um, For me, uh, if Christian McCaffrey was healthy, easily the second pick, maybe even the first pick, I don't know. But it, you can't say that just because of the injuries he had. So I've got him at three. Uh, Najee Harris at two. You can't discount what he did last year. I think it's going to be a little less than what he did, especially pass catching wise. And maybe that turns into a little more, um, a little more rushing upside that he's going to have because last year was so bad trying to get through that offensive line. Um, but I like those two guys, two, three. Javante Williams would be further up for me if Melvin Gordon didn't go back. Maybe he gets in front of McCaffrey just because of the injury. Uh, For now, I've got to keep him at four. And then a little bit of the same with McCaffrey. DeAndre Swift coming in at five. Um, We know he's injury prone. Um, You can always say he's in an offense with Jared Goff. So you're, you're really unsure what the outcome could be. It could be good or bad, honestly. Um, But that top, top five, I feel like is pretty solidified. 
Um, and after that, we kind of go to, uh, we get some other young players and we get a little older players that I like. Um, six is Joe Mixon on that high powered Bengals offense. Seven is going to be Brees Hall for me, the rookie at New York. Uh, you've got to take him there. He's the easy one-on-one in rookie drafts. Um, you've got to take him in your, in your top 10, at least for me in dynasty running back rankings. Um, a guy who I, I do like, uh, follows him, Austin Eckler, um, as well as Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones are the next three. Um, again, a little bit older, um, some guys you might not want longevity wise if you're going younger, um, for running backs on your team. But if you're looking to win these guys, getting them at a a quote unquote value, like let's say you're drafting your dynasty team to win this year, you know, you want to win this year, sell out, um, and then start rebuilding. These are guys that you're going to be able to get a little later end around two, start around three that are, they're going to be pretty good for you. Um, and then rounding out the top 12, uh, my guy, Saquon Barkley, who I think bounces back, still very young. Um, a lot of good reviews out of camp from Coach and a lot of good reviews from Barkley himself. Says he feels more comfortable on his legs. Uh, he's not worried about injuries. He's not thinking about them. Uh, their coaches are saying they're going to use him more. They're going to use him in the passing game. They're going to get him more open, um, which is it's all great news to me. I mean, let me eat that coach talk up. Uh, and then Nick Chubb rounds out my top 12. Uh, we switched him pre-show with a guy who dropped into the RB2 range, which we will talk about. But I think just Nick Chubb's rushing ability, um, especially let's say if you're in, in half PPR or God forbid, uh, no PPR, gross. Uh, Nick Chubb is is a baller and he is going to to do wonders. He's going he's gonna to rush for 1,200 plus yards, no problem. He's going to rush for d- d- double digit touchdowns. Um, and if he catches some passes this year, maybe he surprises us in his, in his end of season ranking. So that's where my top 12 is, uh, Graham, let's hear it. Uh, critique me. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. One-on-one is, is obvious with Jonathan Taylor. I would probably push McCaffrey to two over Najee. Part of that is I, I get the age factor there, but I think we do see just the ceiling with McCaffrey is just something we haven't no seen doubt. and won't see at least with any of the other guys on this list right now so and you know i guess you compare offenses and like i'm not convinced that either of those are going to be very good uh and that's kind of an interesting thing with how highly we have these guys rated we're just we're going off talent right not situation Mm -hmm. because both of these guys have proven with volume they're just different Mm -hmm. so looking at javante deandre you know joe mixon being running back four last year yeah flip a coin right now as far as dynasty goes i can understand the order you have, in a, have them in because it's it's pretty much age is, is the way you have them right there. So I mm-hmm. honestly don't have issues. Then I'm I'm higher on Brees Hall than I think some others might be. I think a lot of I don't want to say there's Brees Hall slander, but like there's an underappreciation maybe for the talent just because there was no question who was going one on one. So we didn't really dive into you know his actual talent and the numbers he's produced since he showed up on college campuses as a freshman. And it, it's, it's been unreal. It's just, he hasn't gotten as much media hype and there was no Najee or Javante or ETN to compare him to like we did last year. So I feel like we know those guys a whole lot better than we know Hall and people didn't like the landing spot of him being in New York, but you and Chris know I'm, I'm higher on the Jets offense this year and moving forward. So I, I'm all in on Brees Hall and then you get into Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones. Again, kind of a toss-up with those three. You got guys that are a little bit older. I think I may actually bump Eckler down below those two personally. I just factor in size. I don't think he's the guy that they want getting all the goal line touches, even though I know he was kind of forced into that role last year. Right. But obviously he still has upside with his pass-catching ability and being on just a really good offense. But I could argue the same thing with Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones. Saquon Barkley, I hate to say there's a question mark there just because he's so talented. I mean, he's a guy that could be up there with McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor, but with the injuries, Mm -hmm. just unsure. I'm, again, a little bit higher on that offense and on Daniel Jones as a quarterback than maybe you and Chris are. So if Saquon was above Cook, Jones, and Eckler, I wouldn't fault anybody there either. And then, like you said, Nick Chubb, just you know what you're getting. There's a lower ceiling as far as half PPR or full point PPR, but 
you at least know what the floor is with Nick Chubb as far as yards, touchdowns, his touches. And then does anything change for you in Dynasty if, say, Kareem Hunt moves on, or is this still about the same spot he would sit for you? It. I was just thinking that it's it would be tough to put him in my top 10 in general. Yeah. Um, the receiving upside, because like being adult and play PPR, right? Let's get that out of the way. Um, it's just not, it's just not there. Like that's the spot where if say you get the stats that Nick Chubb is getting year in, year out, that's where he finishes. Um, maybe he gets lucky a couple years with some injuries and you see him finish a little higher, but he's not going to go catch 40, 50 passes year in, year out. Right. So that's, that's why he's just, he's going to be there for a while. Uh, the most catches he's had in a season was four, was a uh, thirty six on forty nine targets, and he finished wide receiver or running back eight. Like that's the first time he's cracked the top ten ever, and it's because he had thirty six catches. Everything else was never over twenty. So if he gets, like I said, if he gets over thirty five to forty catches, he's going to crack the top ten. It's just unlikely. I, I don't see that happening. So for now, you're looking to get, you know, in in in. 14, 15, 16 games out of him, let's say you're going to get that 1,200 yards, probably around 10 touchdowns, and he's going to finish as a back-end RB1, which is fine because that's where you're taking him. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. Okay, well, dive into kind of these RB2s, break it down for me. We get an interesting mix of maybe some older guys, some younger guys, and also guys that we just have question marks about. Yeah, very interesting mix about to happen here. I'll start off with the guy in 13. Uh, the guy that I just took out of my top 12, Alvin Kamara, sits at 13 for me. The first running back in the RB2 territory. A little bit of because of this supposed bracing for a six-game suspension, blah, 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 that I'm hearing. Um, that That's not really it for me. Uh, I'm not dumping him off like I'm dumping Deshaun Watson because of a suspension. Um, it's It's more so... Little bit of, a little bit older. I mean, he's in that Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook age range. Uh, how much longer can he be this explosive dump off guy um, and take six, you know, four yard passes, 60 yards to the house, weaving in and out of defenses? So it's tough to put him above those guys I had at the back half of RB1. Um, but I think that's where I have to put him. I don't know if I can have him as an RB1, and that's just because of that suspension that might loom that's i dropped him two spots nick chubb would have been the first rb and i had him just ahead of barkley but for now that's where he's got to sit uh following him we go back to young uh jk dobbins um i have come around on jk dobbins i there's a few league mates that i'm with that know i used to hate jk dobbins uh there was one friend and league mate that i play with who traded four first round picks for jk dobbins before he got injured uh, I called him some names that I cannot repeat on air, um, but I've come around. He's RB14 for me. I just took him in a startup, actually. I'm excited for it. I think he bounces back. That offense is still going to be rushing very efficiently. Doesn't matter that he's technically the second option running the ball behind Lamar Jackson. Let's be honest. I do not care. Um, and then we're back to old Derrick Henry at 15. Uh, I will always love Derrick Henry. He will always have a soft place in my heart. If Derrick Henry is on the field, he is going to run the ball 25 times, probably for 100 yards, probably for two touchdowns. Let's be real. Um, am I worried about his injury? A little bit. That's why he's further down there. You don't really want to be burned with a repeat injury, but he's not human. We've seen it. He's not human. He's a different breed of running back. He he just totes the rock like nobody we've ever seen, really. Uh, I mean, Adrian Peterson, dare I say, is what Derrick Henry is most closely related to so i'm fine with him as getting him in as an rb2 like i said maybe you get as an rb1 if you like him that much for a team that's wanting to compete fast and early uh, but that's as high as i'm willing to go and then we've got a, a slew of young guys similar to that top half of the rb1 range uh, after that starting at rb16 i've got aj Dillon, cam Akers, travis etn antonio gibson Josh Jacobs, and I'll throw in the rookie Kenneth Walker at 21. So a good group of young guys that you're not too sure what direction they're really going in. AJ Dillon, technically not the lead back. Aaron Rodgers might be gone. Cam Akers coming off injury. Are we excited about him? Graham, I know you are. So 
Uh, same thing with Travis Etienne coming off injury. He looks great. Uh, rave reviews. Um, a little bit different for Antonio Gibson, who I've got next at 19. Um, more so his ability for me. I was never too high on him. I think I had him in one redraft league last year, and I traded him in the second week. Uh, and then you got Josh Jacobs, who's on a basically a one-year deal now. They didn't pick up his option. So where's he going to go next? Uh, and then Kenneth Walker, obviously rookie. You're not sure what's going to happen with him. Uh, is Rashad Penny going to be there? How much is he going to take away? How effective is Kenneth Walker going to be in that offense with Drew Locke or Geno Smith at quarterback, which is just awful to say. I hate saying that. Um, and then we round out the RB2 range, David Montgomery, Leonard Fournette, and Miles Sanders, who I bumped into the RB2 range ahead of Elijah Mitchell, who is one spot behind Sanders at 25. Um, just because I like Sanders better. I think Mitchell might drop off a little bit. We might talk a little more about him later, but uh, Sanders, they're a good running offense. I think they're going to be a better team this year. Um, so I'm, I'm a little higher on Sanders. Same thing with Dobbins. I've come around on him. Uh, I've actually traded for him in one league with I needed a little bit of running back help, so he's my RB3. Um, Leonard Fournette, a little bit older. Uh, is he going to be a top 12 running back this year? Maybe. He he probably will, let's be honest. A 10 to 12 range, maybe 10 to 14 range running back. So you'd be getting a steal on him again if you're looking to compete. Um, but then, much like A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones, let's say, where is Tom Brady going to be? Is this his last year? How effective is he going to be? So that's why he's a little lower in my rankings. And then David Montgomery, uh, it's the Bears. I mean, it's the Bears. What else can we say? How effective are they going to be? Um, can Fields pick up the play, which will in turn help Montgomery? How good is their wide receiver core going to look to open up things for him? Another big question mark um, I'm there. But that uh, that rounds out the RB2s. Again, Graham, let's hear it. You've probably got a little more to say about these RB2s than uh, than the order of the RB1s. What say you? Yeah, yeah, just in terms of order. So, yeah, I'm I'm good with Kamara where he is. I think f- flip a coin with him and Chubb and I get the uh the suspension being, you know, the tiebreaker there cuz they're pretty much the same age by a few months, but Kamara mm-hmm. does have the pass catching ability that, you know, we say Chubb doesn't have quite the ceiling because he lacks that. So, right. but I'm I'm good with the suspension being there. I think Dobbins where he is is probably a little high and I, I don't say that because of the talent I say that because of situation because I his mm-hmm. situation is not changing for the foreseeable future Lamar's not going anywhere they're not going to let him go anywhere so as far as the important touches we want from a running back as far as goal line and then receiving work I think that's that's cut down pretty far with just the situation that he is in so yeah. I think that one might be a little bit steep for me as far as drafting would go that I'd, I'd probably let that one pass by. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd sit on waiting. If Cam Akers and Travis Etienne are going to end up later, I will gladly scoop those guys up. You know, Akers being in a better offense, I think, yes, we can point out the efficiency metrics from when he came back from a torn Achilles in record time. I, I get it. And I'm, I am realistic in the fact that there's risk there, but I'm okay taking it on a guy that I think is good and is going to be in what we know is a good offense. And ETN, you know, it's it's fascinating to look at. Last year, we had Najee, we had ETN was kind of the number two, and then Javante was number three. But some people have mm-hmm. those flip-flopped all different ways. And now it's interesting to see, you know, where Travis ETN falls compared to those other guys that obviously played last year and did really well. But if we thought ETN was just as good as those guys in the draft or had the upside because of his pass catching ability, it's interesting now to see him kind of middle RB2. I would probably bump those two guys ahead of Derrick Henry again, just with age, just with, I get he's a freak. You're probably going to get another good year out of him, maybe two. But how quickly does that fall off with his style of play and his speed with where he's getting at an age? So. I'd probably take the age on those and bump them up with Dobbins, maybe put them out of Dobbins personally. And then I get the Derrick Henry, the A.J. Dillon. It's interesting to see two guys in the same backfield as RB1 and 2 with uh, with Dillon and then with Aaron Jones. But the, both of those guys are just talented. They can both take right. the ball. It's interesting. And then, yeah, you just get into a bunch of question marks after that of Antonio Gibson, what the heck is going on in Washington? I think the talent is there. He's a good player, but it's just a franchise that... Hey, he's the next Christian McCaffrey. 
Well, right? I, yeah, there's your there's your coach talk if everybody wants to buy into what we hear in the summer. Ugh. So that's the hard part because I think he's a good player, but he's just not in the right place for that to happen. Josh Jacobs, you mentioned the contract. Not super sure about what's going to go on there in the future, but he's in a good spot this mm-hmm. year on a much better offense. Kenneth Walker, more question marks, a rookie. I won't say I'm not a huge fan of him, but if you talk about Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, like the pass catching ability, just we're not sure of. And so that's something that in half PPR and full PPR can elevate you higher. And then Fournette with age, I get where he is. Miles Sanders back there, David Montgomery, not on a great team. And honestly, I don't think is that great of a football player, but he's got he's got the bell cow role. But we've seen a guy like Khalil Herbert come in and do pretty much the exact same thing in the exact same role. So I think he's replaceable if anything were to happen. I will yeah. say there are going to be some people interested to hear some names that are in the next group that we left out of the top 24, even in Dynasty. So the first ones that jumped. Some big names. Yeah, the first ones that jumped to mind. I mean, we're talking Ezekiel Elliott. We're talking James Conner. You know, talk to me about why those guys can't make the RB2 cut when we have questions about Akers and the Achilles. We talk about we haven't seen ETN on a field. Is Antonio Gibson going to be the guy even, or is it going to be split three different ways? While you've got two guys that, yes, they may be older, but they're potentially bell cows with guys around them that work in for 30, 35% of the work. Yeah, I think I think for me, if you add up kind of the age, the situation, the skill set, um, and even throw in the past production, I know really we're trying to predict down the line for Dynasty, obviously, but you, you can't ignore that. Um, so guys like let's say James Conner and Ezekiel Elliott, they're outside the top twenty-four. For me, James Conner, he's not going to repeat what he did last year. I mean, he about scored a touchdown every single game. It's not going to happen again. Um, so he's he's down for me. Older, a history of injuries. Although last year was pretty solid, he stayed pretty healthy, which is why he was able to produce. So can he do that again? And if he does, you're going to get a steal. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, we all there's no surprise about what's been going on with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, they're trying to hype him up again this offseason about how good he looks. Um, and you can just do a simple Google search of Ezekiel Elliott's stats and see that his yards per game has gone down every single year down to I think it's 53.8 last year, I believe is what it was since his rookie season. So it's been a steady decline. Um, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Their offensive line is great. Could be injuries. Could be a, a lot of times we hear about an injury that are, that a player had that they didn't say because they kept playing and they were never on the injury report. So it could be that, but Ezekiel Elliott's time is slowly coming to the end. That being said, if he's my RB two, I mean, would I draft him this off season? Not really. I don't think I want to touch him this off season, but if I have him and I found him as my RB two this year, I'd probably be okay with keeping him because you're not going to be able to trade him for what you think he's worth. Um, unless he just goes ballistic in the first couple of weeks, then I would trade him way faster than anything. Um, and then Tony Pollard lurks right behind him at my uh, RB 30. He's top 30 RB for me. Uh, he's just waiting to take that job. We've seen how explosive he is. If he gets the touches, I think he can produce top 30 numbers easily, um, maybe even creep into RB2 range. So that's that's a guy I'd look for. But yeah, a couple old guys and even a couple young guys, younger guys. Elijah Mitchell is outside my top 24. It's a carousel. 49ers are a carousel. They've got Tyrion Davis-Price, who's down in the top 36 for me. He's the 36th ranked running back. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. It could be Mitchell this year again. He could be... The next Trey Sermon, we're going to say, where did Elijah Mitchell go? You don't know. Uh, Chase Edmonds is there. Uh, he's 29, just inside of Tony Pollard. I like him on the offense. I know, Graham, you're high on Chase Edmonds as well. Um, and I'll let you say something here about him. But uh, I, I just couldn't move him into my top top 24. I just don't think he's a top 24 pick ahead of some of these guys, uh, even with injury, age, things like that. But uh, go ahead and, and throw some comments about a couple of those guys I've mentioned there. Yeah, I... You know, I I do love Chase Edmonds. I think he's a good football player. I am much higher on him for this year than maybe I am in Dynasty Outlook looking forward Mm -hmm. past this year or maybe the next. And 
a lot of that again is just his pass catching ability. I don't think Tua is a guy that is actually going to take off and run like maybe some other quarterbacks we know of in the league. And so when things break down and Tua can't see over the offensive line to see the five nine Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle where they are, because again you know I'm lower on that offense. Chase Edmonds is the easy guy to find. So I, I don't have an issue with him being kind of outside that top 30 or right near the line. Uh, mm-hmm. Pollard, man, like if he was the guy in that offense, like we knew he had the Ezekiel Elliott role of just touches and the ability he has to catch the ball out of the backfield. Oh, top, top 24. I'd be so high on him. My concern is once Ezekiel Elliott's contract is up, you're also going to be talking about Tony Pollard pushing age. Yep. At that point, the Cowboys are going to be drafting other running backs, right? Like yep. they want to make the big splash with a big name running back in the draft or elsewhere. Right. So that's where I kind of, it, it gets less appealing. And then, you know, we do start to get into a run of rookies. One you already mentioned with Tyrion Davis-Price back there. Uh, Damian Pierce, who has an opportunity to take over backfield. James Cook on a really good offense. Rashad White, if anything happened to Fournette, is I think probably the second best running back in that backfield on a Tom Brady offense. So at least for this year and however long Brady is there, you're talking about a good player. I do want to jump down. So we've got Rashad Penny sitting about spot 41 here. And we did talk about the rookie, Kenneth Walker. What do you think about that backfield? We Let's be honest, we know it's going to be a bad offense. I don't think anybody's going to debate that. But what do we look at with these guys? Because Rashad Penny was a first-round draft pick. And now we've got Kenneth Walker, not a first-round draft pick. I think the NFL has adjusted to where they take running backs. But we've seen Penny can't stay healthy. But when he is, he's really good. So what are we thinking in that backfield? Yeah, certainly a combo of the offense, uh, the health, uh, the situation, but it could also be a situation where they know their team's not that good unless they make some moves coming up, and they they bench Kenneth Walker or keep him on ice, you know, and they and they just run Rashad Penny and let him do work while Kenneth Walker, you know, I mean, we see it more with quarterbacks, but learns uh, behind a, a pretty decent runner like Penny, so. I could certainly see that to where Penny returns more value. And I know a couple of friends that are uh, pretty high on Penny. I just can't, I can't take them ahead of some of these rookies. Uh, I can't take them ahead of some of these guys that I know are, are probably going to produce better numbers week in, week out. Uh, like he's sitting behind guys like Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Kareem Hunt, Michael Carter, and Devin Singletary. If you're telling me to pick one of those guys, in a like let's see a bye week situation middle of the season all things the same each are healthy i think i'd i'd rather start one of those other guys maybe michael carter the least out of those but still because by that time Brees hall might completely take over that's kind of the only the only way i'd drop him down right um but i i, I don't know penny's just i i can't see myself taking him higher like if he falls to me at a good number sure i'll take him and hopefully have him as like my rb three or four, hopefully four. Um, but I just don't want him as a, so I've seen people take him and talk about him as like a two. And that's just not, that's just not my game. I, I can't see myself doing that. Yeah. That's a, an interesting take. I hadn't heard about if they are really high on Kenneth Walker, just keeping him healthy for this year when they know it's not a team that is going to be any good. And so then yeah. what if, Penny does produce. What if Penny pushes Kenneth Walker's future out another year right. because he plays well this year? So that's that's interesting because I, I think the talent's there. He's shown it. He's had big games. He was a DF oh, yeah. superstar end of last year. So that's really interesting. Um, then talk to me a little bit about, I think you and I may have a discrepancy here, the New England backfield, which is always a guessing game, right? So let's go ahead and get yep. Dynasty, even though I'm not sure I really want to own any of them, at least not as an RB2, even though that's where Damian Harris finished. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, they drafted Pierre Strong and a couple other guys they brought in. So tell me why Damian Harris is as high as he is. And then, you know, you've got the other guys, Ramondre Stevenson down here at 44 and Pierre Strong down at 51. Yeah. So if- like you said, he finishes an RB2 last year in PPR. Even in PPR, he finished at RB14. He had 18 catches. I mean, we're looking at like a Nick Chubb situation, right? The only kicker is he he ran the ball 4.6 a carry and 15 touchdowns. If this offense can get back to the red zone, like how they were seemingly doing with Mac Jones, like that offense is is going to be is going to have more chemistry this year. I mean, they didn't have a lot of moving pieces out. Uh, they brought Devontae Parker in. 
So maybe it takes some time for him to to uh, get that chemistry. But if they're within the 40, I mean, Mac Jones isn't lacing any balls to the end zone. Dante Parker in the corner, right? They're they're going to Damian Harris. Um, maybe some of those times we see like Ramondre Stevenson spell him and maybe he takes a leap forward to get more of a 50-50 split between those two top backs. Um, but for me, it's, and, and I've got Harris at, at 28, right? I'm not that high on him. He's certainly done an RB2 for me. Like if he's my RB2, I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm too comfortable with that, but I'd certainly love the return because he's going to score touchdowns. He's going to be efficient and he's going to be on the field just because he's going to be so efficient. They even uh, bolstered their offensive line this offseason. So could it be even better than RB14? Mm, probably not. But could he be top 20 again? Easily. So if I'm taking him at the bottom half of the, you know, almost touching RB30 behind some of these guys, um, because nobody's really talking about him, nobody seemingly wants him, like you said, like you don't even really want him. If guys don't want Damian Harris, like give me all of Damian Harris uh, as my RB3 all day long in Dynasty. And that and that's another reason why he's lower too, is just because of the uncertainty. Uh, you even mentioned it before, they're probably pretty likely to move on from Harris um, once his contract's up. I mean, it's just speculation, obviously, but we could easily see that happening, right? Like Harris could, could easily be out when his contract's up. Yeah. And that's, that's the interesting part to me is Stevenson just being a little bit younger. And then there, you know, there is an out in the contract next year where there's very little against the cap if they do decide right. to move on from Harris. So it's interesting that they drafted the two younger guys, let Harris walk next year becomes Ramondre's backfield. Like we saw it was Damian Harris's last year. And mm-hmm. that gets me a little bit more excited about a guy that I can get later in dynasty. That's younger. You get another year of Mac Jones developing as a quarterback. Maybe the offense becomes a little bit better. So that's, that's the piece for me where I get Harris as the guy right now and he could remain the guy. Maybe they extend him. I don't think so. Cause it's new England and a running back, but I would, I'm okay waiting for Stevenson and taking my shot on him as opposed to paying for Harris kind of where he is, even if he is ranked as, you know, an RB three, I think people hang on to, oh, he had an RB2 year, but with how many touchdowns he scored and only finishing as an RB2, that's what concerns me uh, there. And then the one other piece I want to get to that I mentioned to you before, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. Uh, so that's uh, yeah. that's one that's interesting for me. Just I, I know what Gus Edwards is. Like I know he can play in the NFL. I know he's older than J.K. Dobbins, but... I with where they are ranked here with Edwards down at 63 I just I don't Deep. I don't see the gap being that big when we've got guys like Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, uh even Raheem Mostert, uh Marlon Mack, Chuba Hubbard, those are guys that Rojo is very bad, guys that I would probably even if there's a difference in age I know what Gus Edwards is. I've seen him play 16 games before in the NFL and produce as a pretty good player, averaging over five yards carry in 2019 and in 2020. And I know he's on a good offense, so I know he's going to be getting touches. He's an he's an interesting play. I know he's coming off the injury, but it's no different than Dobbins. And again, please don't mistake this. Anybody out there listening, I'm not comparing the guys in talent. I'm not comparing the guys in age. But it's the same exact situation, two guys coming off injury and a big discrepancy in kind of how these guys are looking, being looked at in drafts that why not take us Edwards? Because if anything were to happen to Dobbins, are we looking at him any differently than we're looking at Alexander Madison or Khalil Herbert or any of the kind of prototypical handcuffs that we see throughout the league? Yeah, I mean, look, he's like, so I've got James Robinson at what uh, running back 47. Gus Edwards at 63. Starting at James Robinson and really all the way down, it's almost like one giant tier of players that at any moment could jump up. Like Gus Edwards is 63. He could move up 20 spots in the blink of an eye. Um, he's been solid. I think the reason, like you see him down low on the leaderboard in the rankings, and it's because of the injury it's because of he's behind Dobbins and a couple other guys. I mean, Dobbins and Lamar, basically, let's say, um, he's an undrafted free agent. So a lot of times undrafted free agents just get the boot out of nowhere even. So it's just a little iffy there as well. Um, he does 
I mean, he's a he's definitely a, a top graded rusher every time he's on the field. Like, let's not let's not get that twisted. He's a good runner of the football. Uh, and like I said, if he's back for week one and he's fully healthy, he could move up ten spots easily. Uh, I think he's a decent call it handcuff. I guess like you were talking about to Dobbins. Um, although I'd still be kind of happy if I didn't have Dobbins and drafted Gus Edwards just for the possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's just he's just kind of down there with the rest of those guys. I call them right. Just just the rest of those guys. You don't want to rank. You don't really like if you if you're starting or even close to starting any of these guys you're probably having a bad time anyway so but yeah he he's a good player and like i said he could he could move up at any moment for sure yeah yeah i'm comfortable with him if he's in even that melvin gordon ramondre alexander madison uh darrell henderson i know james robinson is injured and i don't think highly of him so he could drop further but if he was in that that range like that's that's where when I see Gus Edwards with those guys, I'm like, okay, I'm getting a handcuff that also is probably going to get some regular work throughout the season as well. Uh, right. And yeah, he's, he's older than Dobbins, and Dobbins is a, a talented player, more talented than Edwards, but situation and everything, I think it, Edwards needs to get his his due as as a what should be a valuable handcuff in a good offense. So yeah, I mean, if, if I've got Dobbins, he's for sure up in that mid forty range, like low forty range, hundred percent, like. Yeah. He's with those guys for sure, just just for the possibility. So who else on this list do you want to point out? And then maybe let's just talk rookies a little bit more and who we think outside of, let's say, Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, we could get a hit on this year and also moving forward, of course, in Dynasty. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit two guys that I, I mean, I kind of love. Um, J.D. McKissick and Jamal Williams. Do I call them the same player? Probably. Uh, both get that work as that second running back, um, and both find themselves on the field a, a good bit of the time. Like even when Gibson and Swift are, let's call it, they're both healthy. You're you're watching, you know, you're watching Red Zone, and the Lions or the Washington game pops up, and you're like, why has Jamal Williams and J.D. McKissick been on the field for eight straight snaps? Like, why is that a thing? Because most of the times you're a Gibson owner or a Swift owner, and you're just pissed off. But um, and even if if Swift or Gibson get injured, I those two guys are still going to be fine. Um, so if you can if you can snag them as like an RB5, RB6, uh, and let's say you happen to get two guys that are on a bye week and maybe you've got like a res- or two running backs on a bye week and maybe a receiver on a bye week or something, so you you can't fit him into a flex and you've got to start him at one of your running back positions, I'm not sweating it at all. Like maybe they'll get me eight points and keep me afloat for that week. And sometimes we'll see McKissick even, which is better than the two for me personally, just go off for 10 catches and 60 yards and a touchdown. And, and you, and you've got a, a running back that just won you a week that you just took. I mean, in no man's land of a fantasy draft, like at the end of the draft. So if you're drafting in dynasty, I'm, I'm targeting these two guys in every draft. If I'm, if I'm in startups. Yeah. I, I I like both of them. I like the guy right behind them as well. Naheem Hines, you could probably look the same way. Obviously we know there's a monster there in Indy, but again, you talk about some pass catching work. You talk about a guy that honestly, similar to Swift, we, we want to keep healthy. So let's maybe not give him as many snaps. Let's get Hines, McKissick, Williams on the field behind the Gibson, you know, the Swifts, those guys. So it's definitely intriguing. They're, they're talented. We've seen JD McKissick have running back one weeks before with the pass catch. Oh, yeah. and then a couple touchdowns we've we've seen it before so yeah i'm I'm all for that in the dynasty it's a way to just kind of you get some diversity there with some of the pass catching guys where like you said if you have to plug them in as an rb2 or as a flex it's not a terrible option and you no. know, knock on wood if anything ever happened to the guys that are number one there i'm not saying they'd be the number ones but obviously their workload would just go through the roof yeah if you're a dynasty team that's kind of kind of hurting your running backs. Like let's say you maybe have two good running backs and maybe a third that's iffy go trade for either one of those three guys right now, like send a third, maybe you can even send a fourth. And if you're a team that's looking to compete and you need a guy that's going to fill a spot and not lose you a week, um, one of these guys can certainly fill that, fill that hole. Um, and I know you mentioned rookies, so I will uh, quickly run through my, rookie running back rankings um obviously we've got Brees hall uh kenneth walker comes in at two james cook's a pretty clear rb3 for me in the rookie rankings and then it gets a little tight 
Um, I got Damian Pierce in Houston next. Um, just the potential workload that he could have. I feel like he is the uh, d- the clear fourth option. Uh, Tyrion Davis Price comes in at fifth for me again. He he's got the same thing. Um, a good chance at some workload, but like I said when I was talking about Elijah Mitchell, who knows? It could be Trey Sermon's year, and we're all going to look like idiots. But uh, it, it's just too questionable to move up anymore. Um, right behind him is Rashad White in Tampa. Again, you mentioned it. Fournette uh, is getting old. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years? They could just get rid of all their old guys, including Tom Brady, and and uh, Rashad White finds himself in a uh, in a pretty good spot, just being a, a dare I say a, a, a more of a lead back, maybe like a Damian Harris type role in uh, in New England. Um, and then I go to Zamir White in Las Vegas, kind of similar with Josh Jacobs. Uh, Tyler Algier in Atlanta, who I bumped down a little bit uh, with the kind of the Cordell news uh, and what they've got going on in there. Uh, I know they signed a back. Uh, Brian Robinson is follows them. A uh, little lower on him than I was kind of pre-draft. It um, wasn't a huge fan of the landing spot. Um, and then we rounded off with the last guy I rank in Hassan Haskins. Uh, who I actually have a lot of shares of. I think I have like 10 shares or 11 shares of Hassan Haskins just in case Henry goes down because he's a big dude and he can run the ball well. So uh, he's definitely not Derrick Henry, so I'm not saying that, but it's similar style to Derrick Henry. So if Derrick Henry goes down, they might not change the game plan up too much. So Haskins is going to be pretty familiar with it and uh, we'll be able to do a little bit of that bruising ball. So I'm willing to take that shot on Haskins at the end of rookie drafts like fourth round rookie drafts so that's kind of where i'm at with my rookies yeah i'm uh i'm comfortable with one and two hall walker i I, honestly james cook three not gonna argue there either i'm gonna bump rashad white up to the fourth i think he's just a better running back than pierce and davis price and my concern with Tyrion Davis Price is he just becomes one of these guys that gets churned through. So yeah, maybe this year his year. Oh yeah, very year, very could possibly happen. Or next year, and then he's just he's a Raheem Mostert. He's a Jeff Wilson. That yeah, guys, remember those like eight weeks we had out of that guy, and now he's gone. So right. uh, Zamir White, that's I, I like Zamir White the player. I also like the situation and the fact that Jacobs may be gone. And if you're talking about an offense that is mm-hmm. going to keep around Carr. Hopefully Waller stays. We'll see how all that plays out. And then Devontae Adams is obviously there now. That's a good offense. And I think Zamir White's talented. He's a Georgia running back. We've seen success from Georgia running backs pretty consistently in the NFL. So I know that's a little bit of a reach for reasoning, but I do like the player. I'm I'm good with Algier. Uh, he's got a chance to carve out a workload similar to Brian Robinson, but like what's their actual ceiling when it comes to dynasty and being the guy? I don't think there is one. And Hassan Haskins, yeah, he's... If, if you want to have a handcuff of somebody that has a ton of workload in Derrick Henry and we saw the injury last year, sure, why not have him on a dynasty roster because you never know where that could end up, especially late in the season. That could be a league-winning running back if something were to happen to Henry. So I'm yeah. with you on, on most of it as far as rankings. I'd bump Rashad White up, mostly because I'm not as impressed with Pierce as the player. TDP could disappear in two years just because that's what San Francisco does with running backs. And I, I just like the talent of Rashad white and as a producer in college. So yeah, that's, that's totally fair. Um, I will say with, uh, with Haskins, I tried the same strategy two years ago. Uh, shout out to Darrington Evans, a graduate of my alma mater app state who got drafted to Tennessee. And I was like, Oh, he's the backup to Derek Henry. Like, let's go. I'm drafting him in the fourth round of every rookie draft. Uh, he got injured, a little bit more unlucky. Now he is on the Chicago Bears wasteland of a backfield. Um, so let's hope this time it, it pans out, and then I'll be sitting pretty with about 11 shares of Hassan Haskins. There we go. That's how to win a dynasty league. Find, find Hassan Haskins, wait for Eric Henry to yep. disappear, and you've got your league winner. So yep. Hope for the best. Baylor, I know Chris is not here, but uh, give me a hot take out of your running back dynasty rankings, and I'm going to get one Oof. for you as well. Maybe it's where these guys end, where we're going to value them after this season. What are we thinking on all this? Well, I won't take the low-hanging fruit with Saquon Barkley because we already know that I'm high on Barkley. Um, I'll go elsewhere. I 
I could, oh man, I want to, I want to say one that's going to make Graham angry, but I don't think I'm going to do it just because I like Graham. He's a great guy. Um, I could see Najee Harris being back end of RB1 this time next year. I, I've heard that they're not going to use him as much. Um, they're, you know, the for some reason, the community is a lot lower, it feels like, on Najee Harris for some reason. Um, and they're saying he's not going to be as effective. And last year was a fluke, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so I kind of want to piggyback off of that and say he's not going to be, a, you know, like a top 10 guy next year come around so we will uh we will see there but Najee harris falling falling out of the top you know kind of bona fide rb draft picks all right what's the one that would make me mad which one of my guys are you picking up? oh cam cam Akers done cam Akers done all right i knew, Sorry, I, I, knew it was gonna, I knew it was gonna revolve there which is yeah. why i'm going there yeah. too so oh come on travis Etienne and cam Akers this time oh, gosh. next year will be drafted as rb1s in dynasty mm. Top 12 for Cam Akers and okay. Etienne. I see Chubb getting with age. Jones, Cook, Eckler. We got some guys getting a little bit older there. Yeah. Let's say one of those other guys, because we know it happens every year, ends, ends up with an injury, like we're seeing Etienne and Akers come off of. You could see them drop to where Derrick Henry is right now in that high-end RB2. So I think it's there. I think these guys are on. Akers is on a good offense. The Jaguars are going to be better, and I think Etienne is going to touch the ball a million times. And they'll both be top twelve in drafts as running backs this time next year. I could see that. I feel like ETN for sure. Well, it wouldn't be. A, it wouldn't be a hot be take. I think a, that's the most. It wouldn't be a hot take if it was a for sure. So I had to get my guy Cam Akers in there too. Yeah, no, I know. Um, all right, piggybacking on the hot takes, I'll throw a poll at you here. Uh, maybe we can turn this into a little bet, like we had a couple weeks ago. Let's do it. Who is going to be drafted? let's say start of the year next year at the end of draft season. Uh, and we'll call it dynasty rankings because we're in the dynasty show yep. who has a higher ADP next year out of these three players, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, or AJ Dillon. And I'm going to rock with my boy, AJ Dillon, just because of the Packers bias. So I will rock with him, but you got to pick one. What's a highest ADP. You're, you're going to know what is Aaron Jones buyout look like next year is Aaron Jones still in green Bay for next season. I think he is for now, but I'm pretty sure they're, I mean, if they're smart, which the Packers front office, let's be honest, is not that smart. Um, they should probably trade him. He is there through 2024. Um, so I don't know. I need, Get rid of him. I need an out. Dare on, I say? I need an out on this bet if Aaron Jones moves, but mm. I, cause I think people, no will, outs. I think people will obsess over AJ Dillon even though we haven't actually seen a full workload. The quads. From, haven't, we haven't quads. seen a full workload from any of those guys, let's be honest. So uh, I'm going to go, I'm going ETN. I think he's got, he's Smart. got Kamara McCaffrey type upside with the pass catching and playmaking ability that I'm not saying those other guys don't have, but he's got a different level. So I'll no, go I, ETN yeah. higher ADP this time next year. That's fair. All right. Chris is taking Cam Akers. Got it. Cam Akers, I, I think I called him on the phone and he said that. Yeah. Yeah. We just got a group. Just got off the phone with Chris. Yeah. yeah yep. No, there it is. I just saw it. it came through. It's in writing. So he's actually listening. He's out my window right now. So he just uh, <laughs> did sign language actually to tell me Cam Akers. He loves him. All right. Chris, once you get out of the dungeon or off the beach, wherever you are, listen to this episode. Let us know that you're in on Cam Akers for sure. And thank you, Chris. Next time. We've got Dynasty wide receivers. We will uh, yet to be seen. I think Chris will be back here. We'll be back in form, all three of us, so you can you can get the full picture of how these things are going to play out in the future. So for now, Taylor, appreciate you. Subscribe, rate, all the fun stuff. We'll see you all next time. Sir, see you all. Come back soon, Chris. Have safe travels. Man, the Acres slander. I want to get married. Just because Darrell Henderson looked average. Sony Michelle looked oh, average. And a guy called oh, Torn Achilles. I mean, they, they moved on from Michelle. Akers is the guy, and there aren't questions.